December 12, 2020 at 8.07 a.m. on the West Coast. Let's listen to a video from CNN. A grand jury has been impaneled to investigate the fatal shooting of Breonna Taylor in Louisville, Kentucky. Two people close to the process told CNN. The grand jury, which was impaneled this week, quote, will be hearing other criminal cases first to get their feet wet with the process and then hear the Taylor case, quote, a source close to the investigation told CNN on Wednesday. Taylor, a 26-year-old EMT and aspiring nurse, <coughs> excuse me, was fatally shot after police broke down the door to her apartment while executing a late night no-knock warrant in a narcotics investigation on March 13th of this year. None of the police officers involved in the flawed raid have been charged with a crime. One officer involved was fired in late June, more than three months after, after the shooting. The source told CNN that grand jury is meeting at an alternate location because of safety concerns due to ongoing protests in Jefferson Square Park, which has been informally renamed as Breonna Taylor Park. The grand jury is expected to eventually decide the fate of three officers who opened fire during the incident. Kentucky Attorney General Daniel Cameron, who is leading the investigation into Taylor's death, tweeted Wednesday that, quote, conflicting rumors and reports circulating on a daily basis about the investigation don't do anything to advance justice my office is continually asked about a timeline regarding the investigation into the death of Miss Brianna Taylor. An investigation, if done properly, cannot follow a specific timeline, Cameron tweeted. Quote, when the investigation concludes and a decision is made, we will provide an update about an announcement Cameron wrote, quote, the news will come from our office and not unnamed sources. Until that time, the investigation remains ongoing. A representative for Taylor's family said the attorney general had previewed the grand jury process during a meeting with the family last month, quote, on August 12th. At the meeting with Tamika Palmer's 
family and her lawyers with Cameron's office. Cameron told the family that once the FBI ballistic come back and they do re-interviews with witnesses, that his office will put the case in front of Jefferson County Grand Jury, said Christopher 2X, a community activist who is assisting Taylor's mother, Tamika Palmer. Lanita Baker, an attorney representing the Taylor family in a wrongful death lawsuit, said she has not been contacted by the Attorney General's office regarding the grand jury process. Taylor was killed in the barrage of shots from the three officers, Sergeant Jonathan Mattingly and officers Brett Hankerson and Miles Cosgrove. Mattingly's attorney told McMurty, Mattingly's attorney Todd McMurty has previously defended his client's conduct. Quote, Sergeant Mattingly was following orders of superior officers, was not involved in the planning process of the arrest, and at all times followed established police procedures, McMurty said. CNN has reached out to the attorneys for Cosgrove and Hankison for comment. Next, we will hear a video. Activists march in Louisville on the day of Kentucky Derby. Three minutes and seven seconds. Actually, here, Dana, as we speak, we are outside the perimeter of Churchill Downs. We actually arrived here with a group of about now more than a thousand demonstrators here at Churchill Downs about 30 minutes ago. Initially, we started on one side, the front end of Churchill Downs, and this crowd of demonstrators has slowly wrapped itself around the entire perimeter of Churchill Downs, passing the front to the midsection to the back where the stables are located. Meanwhile, on the inside of the perimeter, We've seen any number of Louisville Metro Police as well as members of the National Guard uh, sort of like coming to each area of the fence where, where some of the protesters have been gathering to make sure that no one jumps over the fence. So far, this has been a peaceful, non-violent demonstration, which was the goal of the organizers here. I want to bring in Leandria. She is from Louisville, Kentucky. wanted to talk to you about your goals here today. Why important to do this type of demonstration on Derby Day? Um, because, I mean, it's Derby Day, and we haven't got justice for Breonna Taylor. I mean, this woman was killed March 13th when the police raided her house with a no-knock warrant. So why, if, if we're trying to stop racial and so, social injustice, why continue to have the Derby? I mean, stand with us. We're, we're trying to make a change here. And not only are we out here for Breonna Taylor, but a man by the name of David McAtee was murdered by the National Guards on June 1st. Nobody's and the, no, Nobody's talking about his murder either. And then one of our own was murdered. 
on June 28th, his name is Tyler Gert. We're not just out here just for Breonna Taylor. We're here for everyone who's been murdered here in Louisville, Kentucky, and majority of the murders are being swept under the rug. Do you have any any faith at all in the justice system in terms of, I know that a lot of folks out here say they want to see the, the three police officers involved in Breonna Taylor's shooting to be brought to justice. Do you have any any sort of senses to whether or not that will happen? I'm praying that it happens. I'm most definitely praying that it happens. Um, a lot more evidence is starting to come out. You know, it's a lot more evidence that's starting to become public record. So I'm praying that it happens because we need justice. And then once it happens, I'm going to speak it into existence. That's the beginning. Once they arrest the cops and they charge them, our protest doesn't start. It's just beginning because we have to continue to use our voices. Okay, once they charge them, we have to continue marching. We have to continue to say David McAfee's name. We have to continue to say Breonna Taylor's name. We even have to continue to say Tyler Gert's name because they were one of us. They were one of us, and we have to continue to fight for the justice that we're not getting. Leandria, thank you very much. And Dana, just to let you know, Leandria and her friends tell me they've been out here marching since May, dozens and dozens and dozens of times. And as for this demonstration right now, I don't know if you can make it out, but we're actually marching now away from Churchill Downs, sort of wrapping around with this large group of demonstrators. You know, I asked one of the organizers, what happens when you reach Churchill Downs? What will you do? And he said, well, we're going to play it by ear. We might have a rally. We might keep marching at this point. It looks like that, at least for now, the march continues. There may be one other video Brianna Taylor's family, the entire tragic story boils down to one question. Why were police breaking down her door in the middle of the night? They should have never been there in the first place. It should have never happened. A CNN analysis finds key miscalculations, including using months-old information, led Louisville police to include Brianna Taylor in a high-risk operation targeting drug houses. Some facts are in dispute. These are not. Police raided Taylor's apartment under the suspicion she was involved with handling money and drugs for an alleged Louisville drug dealer, her ex-boyfriend, Jamarcus Glover. When it was all over, police found no drugs, no money in her apartment. Taylor, a 26-year-old emergency room technician who worked two jobs, who had never been convicted of a crime, was dead, shot five times by police. 911, operator Harris, where is your emergency? To understand how this tragedy unfolded that night, you have to come here to the door where it began, just before 1 a.m. March 13th. Officers for the Louisville Police Department arrive with a no-knock warrant, but say they did knock anyway. Sergeant John Mattingly, recorded in this police interview, admits he had limited information. They said she was probably there alone. Um, so we, we determined, predetermined, to give her plenty of time to come to the door. Banged on the door, uh, no response. Banged on it again, no response. At that point, we start announcing ourselves, please, please come to the door. Please, we have a search warrant. Inside, Brianna Taylor wasn't alone. She had just dozed off next to her boyfriend, Kenneth Walker. 
Walker telling police the knocking, banging at the door scared them, thinking it could be Taylor's ex-boyfriend breaking in. She's like, who is it? Loud at the top of her lungs. No response. So I'm like, what the heck? So then I grab my gun, which is legal, like I'm licensed to carry everything. I've never even fired my gun outside of a range. I'm scared to death. Walker says he never heard anyone say police. Neither did multiple neighbors who spoke with CNN, including a neighbor whose door is just inches away. What they heard was shouting, banging, gunshots. The door, like, comes, like, off the hinges. So I just let off one shot. Then all of a sudden, there's a whole lot of shots. There's just shooting, like, we're both on the ground. And then when all the shots stop... I'm, like, panicking. She's right there on the ground, like, bleeding. Walker said he purposely aimed his gun towards the ground. Sergeant John Mattingly was struck in the leg and was one of three officers who returned fire. As soon as a shot hit, I could feel the heat in my leg. And so I just returned fire. I got four rounds off. Um, and it was, like, simultaneous. It's boom, 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 boom. Mattingly is on administrative reassignment, along with a second officer who fired shots that night, Miles Cosgrove. The third police officer to fire his weapon, Detective Brett Hankinson, was standing outside and fired 10 rounds through a closed and curtained patio door. He has been fired, is appealing, but according to Louisville's police chief, his blind shooting displayed an extreme indifference to the value of human life, which his lawyers deny. I mean, obviously... And I woke up to gunshots, and it scared me. As soon as I woke up, and it was, they were just going off. The gunshots whizzed through walls, windows, bullet holes were found everywhere, in the kitchen, bedrooms, in a neighbor's apartment with small children nearby. Multiple neighbors called 911 asking for police, only finding out later it was the police. One of the neighbors recorded this video of Taylor's boyfriend being arrested while pleading with police to help his girlfriend bleeding inside. All charges against the boyfriend, Kenneth Walker, would be dropped. You could tell it was true. Brianna Taylor's sister, Janaya, who police apparently did not know also lived in the apartment, was out of town that night, returning to find her bedroom covered in bullets and a pool of her sister's blood. When we had to clean up, when I, if I could show you what it looked like in there, you would be like, wow, that is very horrific. Attorneys for Brianna Taylor's family say the police mistakes began well before they knocked out her door. Sloppy intelligence, um, getting a no-knock warrant when it was not necessary to have a no-knock warrant. Police got five warrants approved. Four were for suspected drug dealers and suspected drug houses. Lumped into that with similar language was the warrant for Brianna Taylor's apartment. <coughs> According to a source, police told the judge Taylor was Jamarcus Glover's current girlfriend, and the warrant suggests Glover was having drugs delivered to Taylor's apartment by mail to be shuttled to the crack houses. Her family says the information police had on Taylor was outdated or incorrect. She hadn't dated Glover in months. A package police say they saw a Glover picking up at Taylor's apartment was likely a pair of shoes, according to the family attorney. And despite what officers were told before the raid, Brianna Taylor certainly did not live alone. The family lawsuit against police summed it up as the incredibly stale nature of this intelligence. We just want the truth to come out. And um, we don't want to rush anything, and we know it's complicated.
Circuit Court Judge Mary Shaw, who signed the warrants, tells CNN in a statement she spent more than 30 minutes considering the warrant application and subsequently made the probable cause determination required of me by law. Brianna Taylor's death was a tragedy, the judge told CNN. Her death will stay with me forever. Taylor's family wants more than sympathy and understanding. They want police officers charged with murder. I'm sure your attorneys have told you that is hard to do in the United States. Oh, it, 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 we don't expect it to be easy. We don't expect the truth to be easy to no one because it's not easy to us. But we know the truth. And we're, we're, we're willing, we are, we're going to fight this to the end. You know what I mean? So, uh, I mean, she's just a Brianna Taylor to y'all, but this is our family to us. This is our baby. And she's going to get the justice she deserves. Wolf, just one of the officers involved, responded to CNN. Sergeant John Mattingly, through his attorney, says he was just following orders, not involved in the planning, and at all times followed established police procedures. Louisville Wolf remains on edge, waiting to find out if any of these police officers will be charged with Breonna Taylor's death. That was Drew, that was Drew Griffin reporting CNN investigation miscalculation by police led to the death of Brianna Taylor. Thank you for listening. is outraged over the firing of four Houston police officers, but the police chief says they crossed a line. Those are two very strong differing opinions after those officers fired 21 shots at a man suffering from a mental health crisis back in April. Hours after the officers were fired today, the chief released body cam video of the incident to the public. Matt Doherty takes a look at both sides. Houston police officers found 27-year-old Nicholas Chavez in an East Houston neighborhood before 10 o'clock that night. He was clearly in distress. Chavez appears to have a piece of something metal in his hand. Officers shoot him with beanbag rounds. Then they tase him. The officer drops the taser, but Chavez continues to move closer. That's when the first shot is fired. Even though he's been shot and tased, the video shows Chavez cursing and taunting officers, telling them to kill him. At one point, he pops up out of a ditch, and officers shoot him again. Several minutes pass. Chavez sits on the concrete, surrounded by officers. Appears to pull the wires of the discharged taser he sees on the ground. The officers open fire. Chavez is shot more than 20 times, and he dies. Immediately after the shooting in April, Houston police released a statement saying that Chavez picked up the taser and pointed it at officers. In fear of their lives, HPD said the officers opened fire. Four and a half months later, the story HPD chief Art Acevedo tells is very different. This is a matter of judgment. That fearful, fearful with 28 officers from a man that's been wounded already. I believe this police officer, do they want me to bring them back so they can do it again to somebody else? I don't think so. They just
video speaks for itself. Acevedo says up until the very end of the incident, officers handled the situation well, as they had used a justifiable amount of force, but not at the very end. That's how little you value life. I don't need one, Mr. Parker. That's somebody's child. All four officers who fired those 21 rounds that killed Chavez have been terminated. Chief, I actually spoke with him, and he said, hey, Doug, this is obviously suicide by cop. I watched the video. It looks all good. Uh, I want to know what changed. The police union argued the officers handled the subject in distress call exactly as they've been trained. We also learned that Chavez's toxicology report showed he had methamphetamine and alcohol in his body when he died. This truly was a tragedy, but the chief is now spreading that tragedy to four other families by unjustly firing these officers and using them as political fodder. Family members of Nicholas Chavez spoke to reporters during a phone call this afternoon. They won't be satisfied until all four officers are charged with crime. 28 officers couldn't control one man and put one man in handcuffs. Matt Gordick, KGO 11 News. Harris County District Attorney Kim Ogg says prosecutors will conduct a thorough investigation into Chavez's death and present their findings to a grand jury who will then decide whether any charges should be filed. Meanwhile, if you want to watch the entire video HPD released today, you can do so on our website, khpd.com. You'll find the story on our homepage. Thank you for listening.